0: Hello, listeners. This is the Hudson Mohawk Magazine broadcasting from the Sanctuary for Independent Media in Troy, New York, on the unceded homelands of the Mohican people, known today as the Stockbridge Muncie community. Today on Hudson Mohawk Magazine, we have a holiday special and we'll be playing Will Kemp's Players, A Christmas Carol. Will Kemp's Players is a regional theater cooperative from Troy, New York, that produces a wide range of theatrical performances utilizing the methods used by William Shakespeare and his contemporaries. Their aim is to create quality experiences by promoting an inclusive, creative environment and making Shakespeare's works engaging and accessible to modern audiences while retaining historical authenticity. Will Kemp's Players is the only worker-owned Shakespeare cooperative in the United States. Now, without further ado, Will Kemp's Players' A Christmas Carol.
1: Thank you for joining Will Kemp's Players in our one-hour radio adaptation of A Christmas Carol, written by Charles Dickens and adapted by...
2: By Shane Sesponkowski.
3: Take the holes with bows of poverty, la the Tis the season to be
4: jolly, follow the la 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 Don't we now the the
3: ancient la carol, la One, two. Three, four, five. Here, please take this little coin I have. Please come back after the new year. I'll have a bit more to share. Oh, thank you, Mr. Cratchit.
2: What about you, Mr. Scrooge? Bah, tumbuk. Would you like to donate to the less fortunate? Oh, for without your help, they may not make it through this harsh winter season.
1: If be like to die,
3: they'd better do
1: it. (gasps) Decrease the surplus population.
3: (gasps) (laughs) Don't mind, Mr. Scrooge. Now you better scoot along before he gets even angrier.
1: Thank goodness they're
3: gone. Time to get back to work.
1: Bah!
2: (laughs) Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Humbug. <laughs> oh, Cratchit, you beautiful soul The family thanks you for the sweet treats They are delicious And we demand the recipe <laughs> Good luck Mrs. Cratchit won't even tell me Oh, and Uncle Scrooge We miss you dearly <laughs> Bah Humbug I believe that is what you said last year, too. hmm? Can I help you, nephew? Why, yes. Yes, you can, Uncle. You can provide me and the family the pleasure of your company at our yearly Christmas extravaganza.
1: (laughs) Oh, is it that time of year again?
4: Well, allow me to introduce myself. I narrate this tale... I may pop in from time to time to help clarify, or in this case, censor. Where were we? Ah, (laughs) yes, Scrooge was being most unpleasant.
1: I assume you
4: will be demanding Christmas Day Off
1: to spend with your family instead of working? If quite convenient, sir. It's not convenient, and it's not fair. If I were to dock your pay, you'd consider yourself ill-used, would you not? Oh, it is only once (sighs) a year, Uncle. Mm. Be here all the earlier the next morning. And as for your cockamamie invitation, nephew... Oh,
2: excellent news. (laughs) We will see you tomorrow, then? Dearest... Uncle. <laughs> you keep the holidays alive in your way, and I will keep them alive in mine. <laughs> <sighs>
1: and Cratchit, perhaps it is high time we
3: discuss. Oh, <laughs> goodbye. Good night. God, God bless. Have a have a happy day.
4: Humbug. Hello! Me again? (laughs) Scrooge seems pretty grumpy, if you ask me. Well, Well, we shouldn't be too hard on him, of course. He has his reasons. It's difficult when you lose a lifelong business partner the way he did. Oh, Wait! What? Oh, you didn't know! Oh, well, Marley is dead. Dead as a doornail. Uh, This must be distinctly understood, or nothing wonderful can come of this story. Think about it. If we were not perfectly convinced that Hamlet's father died before the play began, there would be nothing remarkable about his late-night stroll through the marsh. And, uh... Uh, well, if I remember correctly, it was seven years ago tonight that Marley passed away. But... I doubt that will come into play. Perhaps we should check back in with old Scrooge? <laughs> Having just finished his dinner without leaving a proper tip, Scrooge arrives at his front door. And there it is, his dead partner's face on the door knocker. Uh, you remember, Marley, don't you? I know for a fact that before this evening there was
1: nothing at all particular about the knocker on that door except that it was very large. I've seen it night and morning during my whole residence in this place. Could that have been Marley's face? It was not angry, it was not ferocious, but it looked at me as Marley used to look with his ghostly spectacles turned up on his ghostly forehead. His eyes were wide open. They were perfectly motionless.
4: As Scrooge looked fixedly at this phenomenon, it was suddenly a door knocker once again. (laughs) To say he was not startled would be untrue. I was not startled. He said untruthfully. Scrooge feverishly scoured around the house in order to ready himself for bed. Bah!
1: Nobody under the table, nobody under the sofa, nobody under the bed.
4: Nobody in the closet, nobody in my dressing gown. Which was hanging up in a suspicious attitude against the wall. Being quite satisfied with his search, he closed his door and locked himself in. Double locked himself in, which was not his custom. Thus, secured against surprise, he put on his dressing gown and slippers and his nightcap and sat down before the fire.
1: What was that?
5: Let me in, Scrooge.
1: No solicitors. Go away.
5: Scrooge...
4: Let me in. Sorry, can't find the key. And just like that, Molly's ghost effortlessly floated to the door, towards a very uneasy scream. Who are you? Ask me who
1: I was. Who were you then? You're awfully particular for a ghost.
5: In life. I was your partner, Jacob Marley. Do you not believe in
1: me? Absolutely not.
5: Why do you doubt your natural
1: senses? Bah! Any little thing affects them. You may be an undigested bit of beef, A blot of mustard, a crumb of cheese, a
4: fragment of an underdone potato. There's more of gravy than of grave about you. (laughs) Scrooge was not much in the habit of cracking jokes. The truth is that he was trying to distract his own attention and keep down his terror, for the spectre's voice disturbed the very marrow in his bones. You, You are fettered. Tell me why. I wear the chain I forged
5: in life. I made it link by link and yard by yard. Is its pattern strange to you? The weight and
4: length of the strong coil you bear yourself? Scourge glanced down, in the expectation of finding himself surrounded by some fifty or sixty fathoms of iron cable. He saw nothing. Marley, speak some comfort to me, Marley. I have none to give.
5: Hear me. My time is nearly gone. I hear you, but I, I'm sure I cannot take much more. I come. To warn you, you have yet a chance and hope of escaping my fate. You were always uh, a good friend to me, Marley. You will be haunted by three spirits. I'd really rather not. Expect the first tomorrow when the bell tolls one. Couldn't I take them all at once and have it over with? Expect the second on the next night at the same hour. Is that a no? The third upon the next night when the last
4: stroke of twelve has ceased. After pondering for a moment, Marley floated past the window and out upon the bleak dark night. Scrooge could hardly make out his parting words. Remember what has passed between us. Scrooge followed to the window, desperate in his curiosity. He rushed to examine the door by which the ghost had entered. It was still double locked. And with that, Scrooge fell asleep upon the instant. When Scrooge finally awoke, It was so dark, he could scarcely distinguish the transparent window from the opaque walls. When suddenly, the chimes of a neighboring church struck. Scrooge listened for the hour. But to his great astonishment, the heavy bell went from six to seven, from seven to eight, and regularly up to twelve. Then stopped. Twelve?!
1: two when I went to bed. The clock is wrong. An icicle must have gotten into the works. Twelve. It isn't possible that I can't have slept through a whole day and far into another night.
4: Scrooge lay in this state until the bell chimed a quarter past, when he remembered on a sudden that Marley warned him of a visitation when the bell tolled one.
6: Ding dong. Half past. Ding dong.
1: To one. Okay, ding dong. The hour itself and nothing else.
4: Scrooge began speaking before the hour bell completely sounded, which it did now with a deep, dull, hollow melancholy. Lights. One. <laughs> Lights. One. <laughs> Lights flashed up in the room upon the instant, and the curtains of his bed were drawn in a flash. Who and what are you?
6: I am the ghost of
4: Christmas
6: past.
4: Long past? No,
6: your past.
4: He put out his strong hand as he spoke and clasped Scrooge gently by the arm.
6: Rise, Rise. and walk with me.
4: The weather and the hour are not really
1: adapted to pedestrian purposes. My bed is warm and the thermometer a long
4: way below freezing. I'm in my slippers, my dressing gown, and my nightcap. The spirit's grasp, though gentle, was not to be resisted. Scrooge rose. But the spirit made its way toward the window. I'm just a mortal and liable to fall.
6: Bear but a touch of my hand, and you shall be upheld in more than this.
4: As the words were spoken, they passed through the wall and stood upon an open country road with fields on either hand. The city had entirely vanished and gave way to a clear, cold winter day. I was bread in this place I was a boy here Scrooge was conscious of a thousand odors floating in the air each one connected with a thousand thoughts and hopes and joys and cares long long forgotten
6: your lip is trembling and what is that upon your cheek it is a pimple he said untruthfully untruthful (laughs) he lied (laughs) that was a lie lead me where you
1: would Don't you recollect the way? I could walk these streets with my eyes closed. Look! I recognize that gate, that post, that tree, and that dog. Oh, how I wish I could play fetch with him once more.
4: When all of a sudden, a local school let out and a stream of Jocund students rushed the streets, all wishing one another happy holidays as they were met by the arms of their families, Scrooge joyously named everyone. This Willie Shakes, the scamp.
1: <laughs> Bartholomew with a devilish slingshot. Oh, and Jason.
4: He rejoiced beyond all bounds to see them even if his cold eyes glistened. And his heart leaped up into his throat as they passed. Anyone could see that Scrooge was elated to see each and every student. Even as his heart broke with every family reunion that didn't include himself.
1: Out upon Merry Christmas! What good has it ever done for me?
6: The school is not quite deserted. A solitary child is left there still, neglected by his friends.
1: I know. All the other boys had gone home for their jolly holidays.
4: Scrooge looked at the ghost and with a mournful shaking of his head glanced anxiously toward the door. It opened, and a little girl much younger than the boy came darting in.
7: Dear, dear brother, I've come to bring you home, dear brother, to bring you home, home, home.
4: Home,
1: little fan?
7: Home, home for good and all, home forever and ever. Father is so much kinder than he used to be. That home's like heaven. He spoke so gently to me one dear night when I was going to bed that I was not afraid to ask him once more if you might come home. And he said, Yes, you should, and sent me in a coach to bring you. And you're to be a man and are never to come back here.
6: That sounds wonderful. Oh, remember, Scrooge, these are only shadows of the things that have been. Shall we see another Christmas?
1: No, thank you. I would willingly stay here with her
6: forever. It wasn't a question.
4: With that, they left the high road and soon approached a run-down mansion of dull red brick, with broken windows, poorly furnished rooms, and what one would assume to be very little food.
6: We shall go in.
4: Again, this was not a question. Inside, they found a lonely boy reading near a feeble fire. Here, Scrooge collapsed, weeping to see his poor, forgotten former self as he used to be. Then, with a rapidity of transition, very foreign to his usual character. Poor boy!
1: (laughs) I wish,
6: but it's too late now. What's the matter? Nothing, nothing. Uh, 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 uh. What's the matter? There was a boy singing
1: a Christmas carol at my door last night. I should have liked to given him something. That's all. Might we see another Christmas? Indeed.
4: Within a blink, they arrived, quite literally, in the middle of a dance. Is this... Is this Fezziwig's
1: yearly celebration?
6: Do you not recognize where we are?
1: Of course I do. I apprenticed here. Why, it's old Fezziwig. Bless his heart. It's Fezziwig alive again. No,
2: boys. No more work tonight. Ebenezer, hilly
1: ho. <laughs> oh, there were dances. And there were games. And of course, more dances. There was a cake. And there were always great of cold roast and so many pies and plenty to drink (laughs) maybe too much to drink but when the fiddler struck up his first chord of the night that was when old Fezziwig took out to dance with Mrs. Fezziwig top couple too not to be trifled with
4: during the whole of this time Scrooge had acted like a man out of his wits, his heart and soul were in the scene, and with his former self he corroborated everything, remembered everything, enjoyed everything, and underwent the strangest agitation. Then the clock struck eleven, the the ball broke up, all the
1: cheerful voices died away, and we were left to our beds (laughs) under
6: a counter in the back shop
4: it was not till now that he remembered the ghost
6: a small matter to make these silly folks so full of gratitude small why is it not he spent but a few pounds of his mortal money is that so much that he deserves praise
1: it isn't that spirit He has the power to render us, happy or unhappy, to make our service light or burdensome, a pleasure or a toil. The happiness he gives is quite as great as if it cost a fortune. Oh.
6: What's the matter? Nothing in particular. Hmm. Something, I think. No. No. I
1: would like to be able to say a word or two to my clerk just now. That is all.
6: My time grows short.
4: Quick! Scrooge was introduced to a now slightly older version of himself, a man in the prime of his life. It was easy to see that this Scrooge was an eager, greedy man with a restless motion in his eye. A tainted passion had taken root in this Scrooge, and the shadow of his growing tree would soon fall. Scrooge was not alone in this new scene, but sat by the side of a fair young girl in a mourning dress, in whose eyes there were tears, which sparkled sadness in the light of a new day.
5: It matters little to you even less. Another idol has displaced me. And if it can cheer and comfort you in time to come, as I would have tried to do,
1: I have no just cause to grieve. What idol has displaced you? A golden one. This is the even-handed dealing of the world. The pursuit of wealth you fear the world too much all your other
5: hopes have merged i have seen your nobler aspirations fall off one by
1: one have i not what then even if i have grown so much wiser what then am i not changed towards you
5: am i our contract is an old one it was made when we were both poor and content to be so until In good season, we could improve our worldly fortune by our patient industry. You are changed. When it was made, you were another man.
1: I was a boy.
5: That which promised happiness when we were one in heart is fraught with misery now that we are two. And I release you.
1: Have I ever sought release? In
5: words, no. Never.
1: In what, then?
5: In a changed nature. In an altered spirit. In another atmosphere of life. In everything that made my love of any worth or value in your sight. If this had never happened between us, tell me, would you seek me out and try to win me now?
1: You think not.
5: I would gladly think otherwise if I could. Heaven knows. But if you were free today, tomorrow... Yesterday, can I believe that you would choose a dowerless girl? You, who weighs everything by gain, your repentance and regret would surely follow. And I release you with a full heart for the love of him you once were. May you be happy
1: in the life you have chosen. Show me no more. Conduct me home with your delight to torture me. Remove me from this place!
6: I told you these were the shadows of the things that have been. They are what they are. Do not blame me. Remove me! I cannot
4: bear it! (laughs) Leave me!
1: Take me back!
4: i me no longer! As if by magic, Scrooge was back in his bed. He was conscious of being exhausted and overcome... By an irresistible drowsiness. He barely had time to reel into his bed before he sank into a heavy sleep.
1: I have had a dream. Past the truth of man to say what dream it was. Uh, 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 uh,
4: past the wit of man. Man! <laughs> Scrooge. Felt restored and ready to confront his conference with the second ghost and challenged the spirit on the moment of its arrival. He did not wish to be taken by surprise.
1: <clears throat> I do not wish to be taken by surprise again, that's for sure. I
4: am prepared for anything. Oh, he was not by any means prepared for nothing. <laughs> As the clock struck one and no shape appeared... Scrooge took to a violent fit of trembling. 105 and still nothing. 110 and still nothing. In a moment of trembling spontaneity, Scrooge thought he might be safer if he locked himself in the room, but the moment his hand touched the lock... Scrooge! Scrooge hesitantly entered the room and was simply dumbfounded by its surprising transformation into a perfect grove. Gleaming berries glistened, leaves of holly reflected light as if a thousand tiny mirrors had been brilliantly scattered. The smell of roasted turkey, geese, and game, perfectly blended with plum pudding and roasted chestnuts, Over the largest fire Scrooge had ever witnessed inhabit his heart. Come in,
6: come in, and know me better, man.
4: Scrooge timidly turned and focused his attention on the jolliest of all giants. Uh, Not that Scrooge had seen many giants prior to this moment.
6: I am the ghost of Christmas present. Look upon
4: me. Scrooge reverently looked upon the spirit. They wore a simple green robe that hung so loosely on the spirit, their bare chest was made available for all to see.
6: You have never seen the likes of me before. Never? Ever? That was not a question.
4: (laughs) The ghost rose to reveal his full height, oh, towering over a very timid Scrooge.
1: Conduct me where you will. I I went forth last night on compulsion and I learned a lesson, which is working now. Tonight, if you have aught to teach me, let me profit from it. Touch my room. What did you do with the
6: floor
4: and the wall and the ceiling? Where's my room? And just like that. Scrooge found himself being whisked above the streets on a briny Christmas morning. The weather was rough, but affected Scrooge not at all. The sky was gloomy and dark and half as frozen as the tundra, and every sooty chimney belched out black smoke. It was as if the whole town was suffocating under its own weight.
1: This looks dreadfully dreary. Why is everyone so jovial and full of glee? Bah! With everyone singing, exchanging high-speed snowballs, and sharing wordy jests while laughing extra heartily. They seem just radiant in their glory. Carrying their overly decorated boxes, and all the storefronts decorated with the most sensational batches of holly I have ever seen. All in such a hurry and eager!
4: For what? Well, while Scrooge continued his misanthropic rant, he suddenly stopped and turned at the spirit. The spirit seemed lost in a long series of humanistic moments. The spirit gleefully began sprinkling his sparkling torch dust over every lackluster meal they could find and every quarreling couple. Scrooge seemed confused as he watched the spirit flitter down the street, turning every frown he could find upside down with a type of fairy magic Scrooge had only read about midsummers ago.
6: It is a shame to quarrel on Christmas Day.
4: Is there a peculiar flavour
1: in what you sprinkle from your torch? My own. Ha ha ha! Would it apply to any kind of dinner on this day?
6: To any kindly given. To a poor one most. Why the poor the most? Because they need it the most. Oh.
4: Here Scrooge began understanding his second lesson in such a short time. The spirit whisked them off once again, and in the blink of an eye they found themselves in Cratchit's house.
7: Come now, Belinda, you can't even tell it's last year's dress. Once it's gussied up with a sixpence of the finest ribbons, no one will know the difference. I will, Mom. Uh, Peter, please hot, be Hot, careful. hot, hot, ow, ow,
4: ow. Potatoes are done.
3: We smelled the goose. <laughs> Is it supper yet? We
7: smelled it from a mile away. <laughs> and what were you kids doing a whole mile away? We weren't. <laughs> we weren't, no. <laughs> uh,
4: ooh,
2: may I have this dance, Why, sister? Why, yes you may, brother. Let us take
7: this dance into the other room, shall we? Supper is being made presently, and has anyone seen Martha? She was supposed to be here ages ago. Uh, Here Martha comes. She is walking up the pathways we speak. Well, let her in or she'll catch cold. So sorry I'm late. Bless your heart alive. We had a deal of work to finish up last evening and had to clear a great deal of snow this morning. Well, never mind, so long as you are coming. (sighs) Sit. Before the fire and warm up.
1: Father is walking out the path and Tiny Tim is on his
7: shoulders. Oh, no time for the fire. Hide yourself.
3: (laughs) I am home. I
7: am also home. Let me off your shoulders, Father. I I want to see Martha.
3: I too would like to see Martha. Where is our Martha? Martha.
7: Um, not coming, I'm afraid. (laughs)
3: <laughs> what? Not coming? Not coming for Christmas Day?
7: Oh, don't be so cruel to father. You know I can't stand to see you so disappointed, even if only for a joke. Oh, uh, where's my hug, Martha? Oh, mm. uh, how did Tiny Tim behave? Not quite done hugging
3: yet. Mm. <laughs> oh, take your time. Ah, <laughs> uh, he was as good as gold and better. Somehow, he gets more thoughtful with time. Aww. He spoke this evening about how his being a cripple was a blessing. For without it, he would not be who he
7: is. Is supper ready? Can I help? Of course it is. Don't you worry uh, Not, about... not yet, but with your help, it will be ready before we know it. I will make the gravy. Peter, you are in charge of mashing the potatoes. Okay. Belinda is in charge of the applesauce. Of course. And Martha can set the tables. Now, you Tiny Tim, you and your father get to set up the table and chairs and don't forget a chair for yourself this time. He does that every time. (laughs) God bless us. God bless us, everyone.
1: (laughs) Spirit, tell me if Tiny Tim will live.
6: I see a vacant seat in the poor chimney corner. "'and a crutch without an owner carefully preserved. "'If these shadows remain unaltered by the future, "'the child will die.'
1: "'No, no, no, no,
4: no.' No.
6: "'What then? "'If he be like to die, he had better do it "'and decrease the surplus population.'
4: "'Scrooge hung his head to hear his own words "'quoted by the spirit,' and was overcome with penitence and grief. Yet the spirit cared not, and with a simple swish of their forest-green robes, Scrooge and the spirit disappeared. But Scrooge was too lost in thought to
3: notice. That was, until he heard his name. I give you Mr. Scrooge the founder of the feast.
7: Oh, I wish I had him here. I'd give him a piece of my mind to feast upon, and I hope he'd have a good appetite for it.
3: Dear, the children. <sighs> and Christmas
7: Day. It should be Christmas Day, I am sure, on which one drinks to the health of such an, an odious, stingy, hard, unfeeling man as Mr. Scrooge. You know he is, Robert. Robert. Nobody knows it better than you, do you?
3: Poor fellow. But... Christmas Day...
7: I'll drink to his health for you and for the sake of the day. Not for him. (sighs) Long life to him. A Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. He'll be very merry and very happy.
4: And after the moment had passed, the family got ten times merrier than before. And again without notice, Scrooge found himself in an unfamiliar place, accompanied by a familiar sound. <laughs>
1: That's my nephew. I know that hearty laugh from him. Oh, he, he said that Christmas was a hot
2: bug. Oh, as I live, he believed it too. More shame for him, Fred. Oh, he's a comical old fellow. That's the truth. And not so pleasant as he might be. However, his offenses carry their own punishment and I have nothing to say against him.
6: Um, at least he he is wealthy, Fred.
2: You <laughs> always tell me so. What, what of that, my dear? His wealth is of no use to him. He don't do any good with it. He don't make himself comfortable with it. The consequences of his taking a dislike to us and not making merry with us is, is, is as I think that he loses some pleasant moments, which could do him no harm.
4: <laughs> Let us not think on him no more. Mm-hmm. And they didn't think on Scrooge for the rest of the evening, and much like the Cratchits, their merriment increased tenfold until.
2: Yes. Shall we play a round of yes no? <laughs> oh, that sounds
1: splendid! <laughs>
2: oh, yes, that sounds splendid. Oh, yes, I will yes. begin. Oh, is it an animal? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs>
6: Is it a savage animal? Oh,
2: no. A disagreeable animal? Oh yes.
6: But does it live in London? Oh yes, yes.
2: Is it a horse? Oh. An ass? No. <laughs> a cow? No. A bull? No. Dog? No. Hig? No!
6: <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh! I have it! I have it! I know who it is. Oh
1: well, it's our uncle,
6: Scrooge. <laughs> <laughs> yes, George. yes.
2: Oh, he has given us plenty of merriment for sure. Uh, oh, oh, and and it would be ungrateful not to drink to his health. So here is a glass of mulled wine ready to our hand at the moment. And I say to Uncle Scrooge!
4: To me! (laughs) (laughs) To
2: To Uncle
1: Uncle
4: Scrooge! (laughs) For the first time, the spirit of Christmas present offered a warning for the emotionally burdened Scrooge. And with a small tug of the spirit's flowing robe, Scrooge found himself back home with his head in his hands. The darkness was penetrating. The bell struck twelve, and as the last stroke of the bell ceased to vibrate, Scrooge lifted up his eyes and beheld a solemn phantom draped and hooded and coming towards him like a mist along the ground.
1: Am I in the presence of the ghost of Christmas yet to come? You are about to show me the shadows of things that have not happened but will happen in time before us. Is that so, Spirit? Ghost of the future, I fear you more than any specter I have seen. But as I know your purpose is to do me good, and as I hope to live to be another man from what I was, I am prepared to bear your company and do it with a thankful heart. Will you not speak to me?
4: Lead on. The phantom moved away at a pace. Scrooge followed in the shadow of its dress, which bore him up and carried him along. They scarcely seemed to enter the city, for the city rather seemed to spring up about them. The spirit stopped beside one little knot of businessmen. Scrooge, observing the spirit's hand was pointed at them, advanced to listen to their talk. When did he die?
2: Last night. Why? What was the matter with him? I thought he'd never die.
4: Who knows?
6: Yeah, but what about all his money?
2: <sighs>
5: Certainly didn't leave it to me, that's all I know going to be a cheap funeral, and for upon my life, I don't
2: know anybody that would attend. Not <laughs> me for a million years. Oh, well, uh, I, don't, I, I, I don't mind going if lunch is provided, though. <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, I go anywhere for lunch. Ooh, I'm hungry. F-
4: spirit, am I? The phantom remained quiet and dark with its outstretched hand The unseen eyes were looking at him keenly. It made Scrooge shudder and feel very cold. And again, the scene changed with what appeared to be little to no effort on the spirit's behalf. I have
1: seen this place. Far in this den is an infamous resort. There's a low-browed beetling shop below a penthouse roof where iron old rags, bottles, bones, and greasy offal were bought. Cratchit mentioned having to sell off a few baubles in order to feed his family. Come in! Are they talking to
2: us? Why then, don't just stand staring as if you was afraid, woman. Who's the wiser? We're not going to pick holes in each other's coats.
4: (laughs) No, indeed! We should hope
2: not! Very well, then. That's enough. But who's the worse for the loss of a few things like these? Well, not a dead man, I suppose.
4: <laughs> if he'd wanted to keep him after he was dead, why wasn't he natural in his lifetime? If he had been, he'd have had somebody to look after him when he was struck with the death, instead of lying gasping out his last breath alone by himself. It's the
2: truest word that was ever spoken. It's a judgment on him.
4: Hey, what are these? <laughs> Red curtains!
2: (laughs) You don't mean to say you took him down,
4: rings and all, with him lying there? Yes, I did. I I don't see why not. (laughs) What about this shirt? They were gonna waste it. How so? Bury him in it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) He's frightened everyone away from him when he was alive. Now it's to profit us. Glad he's dead if you ask me. (laughs)
4: <laughs> Scrooge listened to this dialogue in abject horror. As they sat grouped about their spoils, Scrooge viewed them with a detestation and disgust. For well, from his point of view, they had been obscene demons profiteering off the corpse itself, his corpse. Spirit,
1: this is a fearful place. In leaving it, I shall not leave its lesson. Trust me, let us go. I understand if there is any person in this town who feels emotion caused by my death. Show that person to me, spirit. I beseech you.
4: The specter, still silent in his motions, guided a teary-eyed Scrooge to a gravestone where Scrooge was forced to confront his mortality, and it appeared to work.
1: I will honor Christmas in my heart and keep it all the year. I will live in the past, the present, and the future. The spirits of all three shall strive within me. I will not shut out the lessons that they teach. Oh, tell me, may I sponge away the writing on this stone? Learn! I will live in the past the present, in the future. the Spirits of all three shall strive within me. Oh, Jacob Marley. Heaven, Christmas time be praised for this. I say it on my knees, old Jacob. On my knees.
4: And just as if nothing had happened at all, Scrooge found himself back, kneeling at the foot of his own bed, at his own house yes it worked the bedpost is
1: my own the bed is my own the room is my own best and happiest of all the time before me is my own to make amends in
4: he was so fluttered and so glowing with his good intentions that his broken voice would scarcely answer to his call he had been sobbing quietly in his conflict with the spirit and his face was wet with tears.
1: I don't know what to do. He
4: was practically laughing and crying in the same breath.
1: I'm I'm as light as a feather. I'm as happy as an angel. I'm as merry as a schoolboy. I'm as giddy as a drunken man. A Merry Christmas to everybody. A happy new year to all the world.
4: Hello here. Whoop. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Hello. Really, for a man who had been out of practice for so many years, it was a splendid laugh, a most illustrious laugh. I don't know what day
1: of the month it is. I don't know how long I've been amongst the spirits. I don't know anything. I'm quite a baby.
4: Never mind,
1: I don't care. I'd rather be a baby.
4: Hello! Hello there! Running to the window, he opened it and put out his head. No fog, no mist. Clear, bright, jovial, stirring, cold, golden sunlight. Heavenly skies, sweet, fresh air. Oh, glorious, glorious. What day
1: is it, young man? Why, Christmas Day. Good, I haven't missed it. The spirits did it all in one night. Hello, young man. Do you know the port is in the next street? The one at the corner. I should hope so. A remarkable boy! Do you know whether they've sold the prize turkey that was hanging up there? N- not the little prize turkey, the big one. What? The one as big as me? <laughs> what a delightful boy! It's a pleasure to talk to him. Yes, my young buck! Well, it's hanging there now, sir. Go and buy it in earnest! Go and buy it and Tell him to bring it here, that I may give them direction where to take it. Come back with the man, and I'll give you a shilling. Come back with him in less than five minutes, and I'll give you half a crown.
4: Okay. The boy was off like a shot, and returned well under the five-minute window Scrooge had provided, and with the shop owner.
1: Good sir! I would like to send this luscious fowl to the Cratchits' home. He shan't know who sent it. It's twice the size as Tiny Tim. Now, if you put a rush to it, there is a crown in it for you.
2: Do you know the Cratchits? Of course. He's a very generous man, that Cratchit.
4: Scrooge dressed himself all in his best and at last rushed out into the streets. The people were by this time pouring forth as he had seen them with a ghost of Christmas present. And walking with his hands behind him, Scrooge regarded everyone with a delighted smile. Good morning and a Merry Christmas to you, good sir. "'Oh, most pleasant
1: day! Good morning and a merry Christmas be in your heart and soul!'
4: Scrooge had not travelled far. When, coming on towards him, he beheld the caroler, who had walked into his counting-house the day before. Oh, it sent a pang across his heart to think how this old gentleman would look upon him when they met, having insulted his kindness the day prior. But Scrooge knew what path lay straight before him, and he approached the man from his shop gripped both of his hands and said my dear sir how do you do
1: i hope you succeeded yesterday it was very kind of you a merry christmas to you sir
2: mr scrooge is is that you
1: yes that is my name and i fear it may not be pleasant to you allow me to ask your pardon Will you allow me to make a donation, considering how I mistreated you
6: yesterday?
4: Here, Scrooge leaned in and whispered in the gentleman's ear. Lord, bless me! Are you serious? Not a farthing
1: less! A great many back payments are included in that, I assure you. Don't be a stranger, please. Come and visit me again. Please? I will, sir. I am much obliged. Thank you, sir, but I must be going. I have someone to go visit in great haste.
4: He must have passed the door a dozen times before he had the courage to go up and knock. But he made a dash and did it. Nephew? Why, bless my soul, who's
1: that? It's I, your Uncle Scrooge. I have come to dinner. Will you let me in, Fred? Oh, uh, let him in! It, it's freezing out there.
4: Yes, yes, come in. <laughs> that moment, Scrooge was home, spending the evening enjoying a wonderful party, wonderful games, wonderful unanimity, and wonderful happiness. But be sure, Scrooge was early to the office the next morning. Oh, he was early if he could only be there first and catch Bob Cratchit coming late. That was the thing he had set his heart upon. And he did it. Yes, he did. The clock struck nine. No, Bob. A quarter past. No, Bob. He was a full 18 minutes and a half behind his time. Scrooge sat with his door wide open that he might see him when he arrived. Oh, Cratchit's hat was off before he opened the door. His comforter, too. He was on his stool in a jiffy, driving away with his pen as if he were trying to overtake nine o'clock.
1: Hello. He
4: growled most convincingly.
1: What do you mean by coming here at this time of
3: day? Step this way, sir if you please. It shall not be repeated. I was making rather merry yesterday, sir. You see, Martha came to town and breakfast was so delightful that I just couldn't pull myself away.
1: Oh, <laughs> I'll tell you what, my friend. I am not going to stand for this sort of thing any longer. Of course,
3: sir. And
1: therefore, I am about to raise your salary.
3: "'What, sir? Did I hear you correctly? Did you say—'
1: "'Merry Christmas, Bob! A merrier Christmas, Bob, my good fellow, than I have given you for many a year. "'I'll raise your salary and endeavor to assist your struggling family, "'and we will discuss your affairs this very afternoon over a Christmas bowl of smoking bishop, Bob.' Make up the fires and buy another coal scuttle before you dot another eye, Bob Cratchit. Yes, sir.
4: Scrooge was better than his word. He did it all, and infinitely more and to Tiny Tim, who did not die. He was as a second father. Scrooge became as good a friend, as good a master, and as good a man as the good old city knew. Some people laughed to see the alteration in him, but he let them laugh while his own heart laughed along. And that was quite enough for Scrooge. He had no further interference with spirits and it was always said of him that he knew how to keep truth and happiness in his heart. May that be truly said of us and all of us. And so as as Tiny Tim observed,
7: God bless us, everyone!
0: Should
3: all acquaintance be
1: forgot and never brought to mind? Should all acquaintance be forgot and be of all lang syne and days of
3: all lang syne, my dear, and days of all lang we will take a cup of kindness yet for days of all. Nine. And that brings us to the conclusion of Will Kemp's Players' one-hour adaptation
1: of A Christmas Carol. We would like to thank the listeners for listening.
2: We would like to take a moment to thank the cast and our editors for all of their hard work. And, of course, the radio station for giving us this opportunity. Thank you again. And please, take a moment, check us out on Facebook at www.
1: Dot Facebook.com dot slash Will Kemp's players and on our Instagram under the same name.
0: You just heard Will Kemp's Players a Christmas Carol. To learn more about this theater cooperative from Troy, New York, visit Will Kempsplayers.com. That's Kemp's spelled K-E-M-P-E-S. And that's it for our show. We hope you've enjoyed this holiday special of the Hudson Mohawk magazine. Learn more about our show at mediasanctuary.org. Until next time, folks, thanks for tuning in.